Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Van Maren Show. My name is Jonathan Van Maren, and today I want to talk about somebody that almost every young person will have heard of and many older people have not heard of, and that would be a man named Andrew Tate. Now, Andrew Tate has been all over the news now for a couple of years. He's a wildly popular social media influencer. Uh, He and several of his colleagues figured out how they could game the system on social media and go viral. He was the most Googled man in the world last year. And what I want to do is take a look at who Andrew Tate actually is. Now, those of you who are familiar with him will know he's been charged by Romanian authorities. He lives near in a compound near Bucharest, uh, Romania. We'll know that he's been charged with rape and human trafficking and a number of other things. I don't want to address the uh, the specific allegations because, of course, those are going to be tried in the court of law. And we'll see whether or not he comes out um, uh, either exonerated or convicted. But I actually actually want to address Andrew Tate specifically as an influencer, but also as somebody who I think is objectively guilty of sexual violence, regardless of whether or not that sexual violence meets the legal standard for rape. And the reason I think Andrew Tate is an important man to address as opposed to any number of other uh, different social media influencers is because Andrew Tate is in fact as almost as wildly popular as he seems to believe. And I know that many young men in Christian circles are watching his videos. So just to give you a bit of a background on him, Andrew Tate uh, was born in 1986. He's an American-British social media personality, businessman, and a former professional kickboxer. He began kickboxing in 2005 and gained his first championship in 2009. He attracted wider attention first in 2016 when so many influencers for came on the scene uh, when he appeared on the British reality show Big Brother, but he was removed after a video emerged of him hitting woman with a uh, hitting a woman with a belt. He began offering paid courses and memberships then through his website, and then rose to fame as an internet celebrity, promoting an ultra masculine, ultra luxurious lifestyle. Now, he's been kicked off social media, then brought back onto social media after Elon Musk took Twitter over. But I think that he's an important figure because he's selling something very specific to young men. So if you watch his videos... Uh, He's an incredibly muscular guy who talks about how young men should be hungry, that you should take control of your own life, that you should get out there, you should make something of yourself, you shouldn't be weak. And, you know, I can see the, the attraction in all of these messages. But what he also claims is that everything he says uh, would have been considered normal just a couple of years ago, which is obviously not true. And what's really interesting about him is that a lot of people seem to ignore some of the significant things he says. So, for example, Andrew Tate consistently brags about the fact that he's, quote, too smart to read. Uh, I thought that he was saying this by uh, when I first saw a video of him saying this, I thought, ah, this is just satire, right? This is just some muscle head making a joke about the nerds. But no, he's actually consistently tweeted this, that people uh, who read too much are part of the problem with our society, which I really don't think the problem with young people in our society is that they're reading too much. Sorry, Tate, but that's a pretty colossal miss in terms of analysis. He also, for all sort of hyper-masculinity, um, has a, a sort of fundamentally pre-Christian or maybe post-Christian pagan outlook. He's claimed to convert uh, to have converted to Islam, and it says he's given up alcohol as the result of his conversion to Islam. But he also, for example, um, 
has said on videos that, you know, guys who are considering who they wish to sleep with, because he gives a lot of tips on how guys can get with girls. He is sort of one of these pickup artist manosphere figures at the end of the day, um, that if, if you're confronted with a really attractive uh, quote, transgender woman, in other words, a biological male who's gotten surgeries and looks like a woman or a really ugly girl, you should definitely pick the biological man that looks like a pretty girl, which is pretty out of step with both Islam, Christianity, and any of the other major monotheistic religions. And these are the kinds of things that he's saying while claiming to be a traditionalist. But it's important to take a look at, at what he's, he's saying specifically, I think, because this guy is one of the most famous men in the world. He's got over 11 billion views on, on TikTok alone. He's the personification of a whole bunch of different internet subcultures, including some critiques of the anti-feminist manosphere that some of you may remember for, from a few years ago, and the alt-right, which largely, largely collapsed halfway through the Trump presidency. Uh, he is a self-described pimp. He called himself a pimp once as a joke. Um, and has stated that he believes sexual fidelity is only for women. So he's one of these guys who says a man should take care of a woman financially. Uh, he should physically protect her, but because men and women fundamentally function differently and are biologically hardwired differently, differently, men should be able to sleep with multiple women and should be able to have children with multiple women. Um, but women must be faithful to men. So this is very much sort of the, the harem mindset of, of pre-Christian days where men could basically do whatever they wanted to. Men could sleep with whoever they wanted to, but women needed to be faithful to ensure uh, that any children resulting from the sexual revelation, uh, the sexual relationship was in fact, um, of the paternity of her husband. And again, this is, this is, this is ancient Roman stuff. This is how the ancient Romans thought. There's a, a phenomenal book uh, by Tim Harper, a history professor on what he calls the first sexual revolution. Uh, and he describes how the radical Christian morality that slowly but surely gained dominance over the first, uh, three centuries and eventually, um, depending on, on which historian you subscribe to, may have assisted in the in the collapse of the of the Roman Empire. Um, it was actually Christian morality that undermined this idea that men could sleep whoever they wanted to with whoever they wanted to, and women had to be faithful. It was Christianity who said, no, uh, rape is wicked. Rape is a sin. Um, infidelity is a sin. Promiscuity is a sin. Fornication is a sin. And men are required to be as loyal to their wives as their wives are required to be loyal to them. Um, the two shall become one flesh. And so Andrew Tate's so-called traditionalism on sexuality, which he says, you know, everybody used to believe, you know, 30 years ago, everything I say would have been normal is not actually true. His, his version of sexuality is a pre-Christian uh, view of sexuality. The view of sexuality he's putting forward would be the ancient Roman view of sexuality, ancient Roman or ancient Greek. Um, and so what he's putting forward under the guise of Christianity, every once in a while, he uh, he tweets out a Bible verse just to get all of the, the young conservatives who watch him the illusion that he's one of them. The reality is this is a man who has advocated uh, for sleeping with so-called attractive, so-called transgender women over real women, who has says only women should be faithful. Um, he's a self-described pimp who made all of his millions running porn sites, which is a real irony because he uses social media now to accrue legions of young male fans and to monetize them by running online programs such as Hustler University, which, uh, as you can tell from the title, sells tips on how to pick up women and get rich quick. Um, but he, the reason, you know, he's got this ultra luxurious lifestyle, these photos of him with his Bugattis inside in his compound, 
is because he's made a ton of money selling the flesh of other women online to pathetic young men who can't stop masturbating to digital depictions of women. His popularity actually only really grew on the mainstream right when social media platforms decided to simultaneously deplatform him, and this landed him with interviews with everyone from Tucker Carlson to Piers Morgan. So just to give you a bit more of a background on him, on December 29, Romanian authorities arrested Tate and his brother at their Bucharest mansion on charges of human trafficking. Uh, Several women, despite what Tate says and claims in various interviews, including a recent interview with Tucker Carlson, uh, he has actually been charged with human trafficking. He has been accused by several women um, and other suspects of running a, quote, lover boy scheme in which he and his brother Tristan persuaded women they wanted a relationship, but then forced them to perform and pornographic videos. Um, he was in jail for 90 days without charges, which does seem pretty ridiculous. But at the same time, his consistent claims now in interviews, uh, including his huge interview with Tucker Carlson, that he'd never gain, uh, um, participated in a so-called lover boy scheme is pretty ridiculous. It's pretty easy to go online and find that he has, in fact, participated in this sort of scheme. And it's crucial to understand uh, this this story because it's not just a local Romanian crime story. This is a story about an influencer and who he is. He claims he's a man victimized by the so-called matrix. That because he's in empowering young men to take control of their sexuality, uh, to take control... Um, of their own destiny, uh, to assert themselves as men in society, that because of, of this sort of advice, um, you know, the elites can't stand him and they're sending their best is, is sort of his joke. He's being charged. He's consistently insinuated that he could get murdered um, for his stand. But this is not actually how he became popular. It's not actually how he became really famous. And very importantly, it's not how he became rich. So on one now deleted section of his website that sort of pitched is the tactics that he uses. Tate wrote this quote. I'm going to read directly from the website. I've been running a webcam studio for nearly a decade. I've had over 75 girls work for me and my business model is different than 99% of webcam student owners. Over 50% of my employees were actually my girlfriend. And at the time of all of my girlfriends, none were in the adult entertainment industry before they met me. My job was to meet a girl, go on a few dates, sleep with her, test if she's quality, get her to fall in love with me so she would do anything I say, and then get her on a webcam so we could become rich together. Now, it's pretty obvious. This is basically uh, a description of what the lover boy scheme is like, which is you use uh, emotional manipulation to get people to do what you want. Now, here's a really important thing about the Andrews Tate story is that Andrew Tate is presenting himself as a victim of the Romanian authorities. And that might be true. We'll find out when he goes to court, the evidence will be presented. He is now stating publicly that he will be exonerated. Maybe that is the case. I think whether or not he's exonerated on the specific charges that the Romanian authorities have decided to bring forward is not relevant to whether or not Andrew Tate is sort of quote, one of us because Andrew Tate now, because of the attention he's received from so many mainstream figures is actually kind of being given status as a conservative figure in some ways, or at least as sort of a conservative fellow traveler in a battle against the global elites. And Tucker Carlson's interview with him, which he did uh, on his new show, Tucker on Twitter, Tucker Carlson flew out uh, to Romania, sat down with him in his compound. And 
I counted five or six significant lies <clears throat> that Andrew Tate told Tucker Carlson in the first five or six minutes of the interview. He misrepresented the charges the Romanian authorities had actually brought against him. He insisted that he had not uh, actually engaged in any kind of lover boy scheme when he obviously has. Um, he's not only written what I read to you on his website, but he's also stated this in many interviews that have now been flooding Twitter and are easily available on the internet for anybody to find. Now, just because, you know, an interviewer from the BBC might be a total hack does not mean that when Tucker Carlson, a conservative goes over to interview Andrew Tate, that he has no journalistic responsibility to actually interrogate Tate on what the truth about his modus operandi, about the accusations, about his lifestyle and about what he teaches actually is. And so Tucker Carlson, as one of the most popular conservative commentators probably in the world, has a responsibility, not just to his own listeners and to his own viewers, but to the legions of young men who watch Andrew Tate to actually interrogate what Andrew Tate's views are. Now, maybe Tate, some of Tate's views have changed. His conversion to Islam is somewhat recent. He's given up drinking alcohol since his conversion to Islam. So Tate should have the opportunity to reject and repudiate some of the things he's previously said. But he hasn't repudiated the things that he's previously said. He did use the lover boy scheme. He's now lying about having done that. And so that means he obviously recognizes that some of the things that he said and did were likely beyond the pale. At least these things were problematic enough to make them worth lying about. But here are some things that I think makes Tate a poisonous influence on young people. So he has released several videos just recently defending the accusations that have been leveled against him uh, of, of basically abusing women. And you'll notice that what he's doing is he's using this Weasley legal standard. So there is a video that, that's gone around on Twitter um, showing him physically assaulting a young woman, um, you know, holding her head up to the camera by the hair and saying things like, you know, tell them why, tell them why you're being beat. Tate's defense of this is not that it's some, you know, deep fake or, you know, um, AI production. His, his assertion is that this is actually just a consensual video. Uh, that the young woman came out and said that the, what they were engaging in was was consensual, that he essentially beat a woman until she bled, used a belt on her, physically assaulted her in the sexual context. I don't care if that's legal. I don't care at all. Now, I think that a lot of, 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 of what um, uh, modern culture calls BDSM actually falls into a, a legal gray area, should not be permitted. You actually don't possess the right in most countries to consent to being assaulted. Um, you know, the, a, a lawyer in the Globe and Mail said this a couple of years back, uh, that a lot of people are engaging in behavior that isn't technically legal, even if it is consensual. Because if I tell somebody, um, you know, if I'm at a bar and I step outside to fight with somebody and we both consent to the fight, but one of us gets his skull cracked open on the curb, the other person will still be charged with aggravated assault because you don't actually have the legal right to consent to being assaulted. So moving aside from the legal status uh, of these things and whether or not people actually have the legal right to consent to being physically assaulted and abused. And the video is just frankly horrifying. Andrew Claven aired it on his show. It was published, I think, by the Daily Sun in the UK. I, I don't really care if this was legal, because at the end of the day, Andrew Tate 
openly defends physically assaulting a woman, hitting her, beating her, degrading her, doing awful things to her because it's consensual. He engages in this as something that arouses him, as something that turns him on. Andrew Tate's approach to sexual violence in this context is it's okay if she's asking for it. Andrew Tate's approach to sexual violence is it's okay if it turns us on, as opposed to that being a deeply disturbing sign that something's going wrong. Like Andrew Tate is actually an example of what toxic masculinity would actually be that a man isn't just a defender and a protector of women, which is something that he constantly talks about. He's a protector and defender of his women. Well, what does that mean when he's beating somebody until she bleeds? I don't care if what he did was legal. I don't care if that's not what he's being charged with. What I care about is that Andrew Tate defends sexual violence in the sexual and romantic context, and that is absolutely unacceptable. The fact that he accepts sexual violence, the fact that he defends his own sexual violence, doesn't repudiate it, doesn't say he's changed his mind, doesn't say I shouldn't have done that. This is evidence that he is a toxic influence on young people and that the masculinity he is promoting is not centered on protecting and defending women. There are behaviors that when people promote them, make them, I think, ineligible to be a good influence. And so this, this traditionalist masculine man is a man who thinks it's okay uh, to beat up a woman if that's what you get off on. And as long as, you know, she's, she's in some way given consent to it. This is somebody who thinks it's okay to sleep with a biological man as long as that man identifies as a woman and has had surgeries uh, to make himself look feminine. This is somebody who thinks it's okay to sleep with multiple women, but those women have to be faithful to you unless, of course, these are just women that you're treating like trash, like the ancient Romans would have before the first sexual revolution the Christian sexual revolution, a glorified monogamy, glorified faithfulness and fidelity, glorified loyalty, and elevated the position of women in society. Andrew Tate is not a traditionalist. Andrew Tate is somebody who represents a lot of the most toxic aspects of our culture. He's a pornographer who says he's too smart to read. Yes, he drives fancy cars and flies on private planes and lives in fancy mansions and parties in dozens of countries, at least he did before he got put on on house arrest. Um, but the reality is he promotes the very degeneracy that he claims that he condemns. He is fundamentally a creature of our current moment because our post-sexual revolution culture advocates gender neutrality and actually condemns real traditional masculinity. He can advocate overt misogyny and claim to be defending traditionalism and masculinity. Tate can argue that his ugly views attract backlash merely because he's a dissident fighting the Matrix, that he is not a sleazebag but a heroic realist. He can claim these things, and no less a figure than Tucker Carlson will fly over and give him airtime. He runs porn sites despite arguing that everyone should, quote, live true to God and yourself. Tate says that he loves super-religious countries, even though... Most of those super religious countries that he refers to enforce a baseline of morality he has no idea to live by himself. But because Tate angers progressives and claims to be fighting for the truth, he gets away with making these assertions without any pushback from interviewers. Even if every accusation leveled against him by the Romanian authorities is wrong, this is still a man who gets off on sexual violence and defends that sexual violence. Somebody who wants to defend Andrew Tate has to tell me why a man who beats up a woman, who beats up a woman because it turns him on, is somehow an acceptable, an acceptable influencer for young men. 
His popularity is a reminder that in a society frequently hostile to traditional masculinity, very lucrative opportunities arise for hucksters to amass massive influence by selling the genuinely toxic kind. Because Tate tells men to take back their lives and assert self-control, but often at the expense of women. There's no mutual Christian self-sacrifice in his thinking. He says that our society wants to keep men poor, weak, complacent, and alone. And I agree with that. But this is a guy who made his money from porn and casinos, facilitating the addictions that, well, keep men poor, weak, complacent, and alone. I think, in my view, his alleged conversion to Islam was a pathetic attempt to borrow credibility from a worldview that he hopes will help him cosplay as an ancient warlord rather than as a promiscuous porn peddler who worked out and mastered the social media algorithms. This guy is just somebody who's figured out how to, you know, really, really attract an enormous amount of attention by lots of shirtless videos and bragging about masculinity where most of the things that he actually teaches... Most of the things that he actually teaches um, are genuinely anti-Christian, are pre-Christian or post-Christian, and many of these things don't even fit what he actually claims to be teaching. And I think that he's actually a a microcosmic example of what we're seeing in the post-sexual revolutionary landscape that we, we, we live in, because since the sexual revolution, Christians have been calling for a return to the values that, that we abandoned. And many people thought that a backlash to the sexual revolution would be produced by the very obvious and horrifying things the sexual revolution has caused in our society. But in a culture thrown into chaos by the implosion of our moral infrastructure, we're actually seeing a lot of uh, responses emerge. So there's the self-help stoicism of Jordan Peterson. There's the common sense feminist critique of of Louise Perry, who wrote the recent and very brilliant book, The Case Against the Sexual Revolution, which I reviewed for the, the European conservative. And then there's Andrew Tate, a creature of the sexual revolution, fundamentally, who advocates masculinity without virtue, strength without tenderness, and casual cruelty by right of conquest. Tate's popularity is an indication that in our pornified post-Christian society, this particular path has proven attractive to legions of confused young men. They desire, as men always have, to be heroes, but in a society that's left them with no guidelines or pathways for achieving true heroism or real usefulness, many are clinging to the false promises of Andrew Tate. Again, maybe he's guilty of the things the Romanian authorities have accused him of. In interview after interview, he's openly welcomed scrutiny into his lifestyle. He's openly welcomed the scrutiny uh, of the authorities. That's what he's currently getting. And so maybe maybe people really are targeting him. Um, but regardless of whether or not he's criminally guilty of the things he's currently being charged with, what Andrew Tate is, is a sleazebag who gets off on abusing women and defends his abuse of women by saying that it was legal. I don't really care if it was legal for him to slap around a woman until she bled. And again, there's something particularly creepy about the fact that he's fusing this physical abuse um, with a sexual relationship. Wiring your libidos to enjoy abuse is just horrifying and one of the key marks of what's actually wrong with our society. But at the end of the day, this is what disqualifies him. Um, 
People who are being suckered into supporting Tate because they've seen a handful of his videos where he says men should work out um, and men should, you know, get control of their own impulses should be aware of the fact that Andrew Tate is a very bad person. Um, I don't know if anybody else has heard these these um, recordings, but they went viral on Reddit and a few other places. Like there are recordings of Andrew Tate telling a woman um, that he claims, again, he assaulted consensually. Uh, that he choked until she couldn't breathe. And he told her, and there's recordings, you can listen to them, um, that he it turned him on and that when, when, when she felt like she was being raped and that he enjoyed doing what he had done to her. Now, if he's claiming that this is consensual, which it very much did not sound like it based on what he said, but let's say it was, I don't care. It's still horrifying. Christians should not have the same standard of the culture, which is if it's legal, it's okay. That's the argument abortion activists use. That's the argument LGBT activists use, that because it's legal, somehow it's moral. That's not the standard that we hold ourselves to. We hold ourselves to an entirely different moral code. And and it's not just that Andrew Tate has made mistakes. Every single one of us has made mistakes. We are all sinners. None of us measure up to the moral code laid out laid out in scripture. However, Andrew Tate is boasting about these things. He is defending this behavior. He is defending, he is defending sexual violence uh, as something that men can legitimately engage in. And so I think that it's incredibly important for us to know what Andrew Tate actually stands for, what he says in his own words. I think it was incredibly irresponsible for Tucker Carlson to essentially head over to Romania and basically run a you know, couple of hour long advert for Andrew Tate and his empire. That's all he did. Tucker Carlson was not doing journalism. He didn't have the actual charges on hand to refute what, uh, what Tate was saying and his characterization of the charges. He didn't ask Andrew Tate, so do you think it's acceptable for a man to hit a woman in the sexual context? Do you think there's something fundamentally disturbing about beating a woman with a belt and slapping her until she bleeds? Do you think that's problematic? Do you think that young men should be encouraged uh, by people who think that it's actually more more manly to sleep with a biological man identifying as a woman than a quote ugly woman do you think that young men should engage in promiscuity or should be fundamentally sexually monogamous should be loyal only uh, to their 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 own partner because he lots of legal uh, like lots of weasel words come out of Tate's mouth when he when he defends these things and when he tries to justify what he's previously said because he'll justify what he's previously said by saying things like oh I absolutely think that a man should be loyal to a woman but what he means is that they should just support um, women not that he should be sexually faithful so that's a very short rundown of Andrew Tate and why he's problematic. The reason I address this is because I hear a lot of young men bring him up at high school presentations I'm doing on pornography. A lot of young guys ask me what I think of Andrew Tate, and there it is. That's what I think of Andrew Tate. Anybody who has any questions, send them my way. I'll do a follow-up episode on this if people have more questions. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you'll join us again next week. 